Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you for Church Planner Podcast, and uh, now I can look deep into Peyton's eyes for the first time. (laughs) Don't do it. I looked over at Pete, and it was awkward. We're conducting the (laughs) podcast in his office, which we've never done before. And I've actually noticed something, Peyton, as I'm sitting here. I'm looking across at your bookshelf, and I see a flask with a compass on it. And the thought goes through my head, if you're drinking, do you really know how to use a compass properly at the same time? That's all I'm saying. That's a good point. I have a steampunk flask that my wife got me, funny enough. It has never been filled with liquid. Um, not that I was above that sort of thing, but it was. Uh, it's just sat on there. You know what? I have so much crud in here, I forget what I actually have. I That has disappeared to my eyesight. I don't even know I have that. I've always wanted a flask. That's why I noticed it, because... I just always thought it would be cool to have a flask. Well, especially that one. You take it out, it's got like a fob on it. It's got like a compass built into it. It's it's pretty cool, What's man. A fob? Fob is like the, the little chain, you know? Oh, right, right, yeah. right, yeah. There's, there's no sound effects today because that would be way too complicated for Peyton. So I'm usually the one doing the sound effects and you don't have any. Yeah, I um I could probably pull off Yoda. Welcome, you are. <laughs> Grown, you have. I thought you were going to start saying, this week's episode. <laughs> oh, oh, get to the church plan! Get to the church plan! No! No! <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, I'm dying here. So uh, before we get too far in, why don't you tell everyone what today's topic is, and uh, then we'll get to the more important stuff, which is, of course, the smack talk. Hey, boo-boo. All right, so today's topic 
is going to be last week's topic. It's old news. We're doing uh, last week's topic. We had the question, which was, uh, how do you kind of keep it all together? How do you avoid burnout as a bivocational church planner? And we only scratched the surface of that. If you came away from that podcast going, oh, cool, done. I got that sorted now. Um, you'd be a little bit deceived. There's a, it, it, there's more angles and more aspects. It's not quite as simple as three easy dance steps. So we're going to kind of round that out a little bit more this week. Well, that's good. So um, tell me, you got any good smack talk for us this week? Anything special happen? Well, I don't know, man. I, I just saw the jump school study guide. That was pretty cool. I signed uh, 100 of them. And stole 10. And <laughs> probably took 10 of them. <laughs> Which, yeah, that actually brings up a good point. If you'd like to get the Jump School DVD, we're giving those away for free when you cover the shipping and handling. Um, and or if you want the study guide, you can only actually get the study guide if you've got the DVD. So the way you get the uh, study guide is get the DVD, just pay the shipping and handling. You can go to jumpschooltraining.com forward slash free and that'll take you right to the page where you can get the dvd and so i guess i guess i was going to do a commercial didn't realize i was going to do a commercial for jump school but there you go but since no one actually listens to this podcast i I don't know that that really matters (laughs) i don't even listen to what you're saying right now i know you don't (laughs) listen to what i say true story okay if you've noticed in church planner magazine we put up a special issue where you can buy the study guide and the uh, uh, jump school videos, all the videos are actually in the study guide. It's in the magazine. So actually, that's another way that you could get it all. But you do actually have to pay for the study guide. Um, $19.95, I think is what it is, or $99 is what, what Apple does. And so Peyton goes, oh, I really want to see it. And I go, well, dude, you know, send me your device token and so I can <laughs> unlock it for free. And he goes... How do I do that? And I go, what's that? Every week, (laughs) someone gives us a a review. I tell them, guys, this is how you get me your device token so I can unlock it on your device without you having to pay. And he goes, yeah, I don't listen to anything you say. So, you know. I hear the word device token and my mind just glazes over. It's like math. Man, that would have been a good segue into that commercial. (laughs) Sorry, that's not supposed to come until the to end. To the end, yeah. Of the One day we should just gift them like, hey, you can be in the beginning this week. Let's do it right now. All right, all right. So uh, so I just hear, you know, device token, I glaze over. You know, it's like <laughs> math. Well, let me ask you something, Peyton. Would you like someone else to control your device tokens? You know I would, Pete. Would you like <laughs> someone else to help you with workers' comp and insurance? Gee, that would be great. How about payroll? You mean there is such a place that would do that sort of thing for me, Pete? Stop it. A better solution is here. Go to simplifychurch.com. Forward slash church? No, no, that's the other one, huh? (laughs) Dude, it's so funny. I was talking to Josh Henry, who uh, owns and runs Simplify Church. I was talking to him like uh, a week or two ago, and he goes, yeah, I I just uh, listened to your podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) First thing he says to me is he goes, well, first off, I didn't know Peyton had died before. I didn't know he'd had a, a near-death experience. Oh, so that's the one he listens to, right? I know, right? <laughs> and I go, yeah, he still never told me the story. And, and honestly, in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't want to hear it because I didn't know if I would like just be like, okay, this guy is too weird and I'm out of here or, or what. 
And, uh, and then he goes, yeah, and then I listened to the commercial. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're screwing around the whole time. That's like, how we advertise. I'm like, yeah, that's the one you listen to. So, eh, you yeah, know. Yeah. I wonder if that – there have been some versions of our commercials that I think, man – if if you're our client, you're 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 the luckiest dude in the world, right? If and then there's other weeks I'm like, yeah, we'll do better next week. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's true. So hey, um, I saw Batman versus Superman on Sunday. Me too. Did you? Yeah. What'd well, you Saturday. I saw it Sunday. I saw it right after okay. church, right before we got together with the okay. family. Okay. Okay. Let me let me just say, I I have been a strong proponent that Ben Affleck would be a good Batman, and I still stand by that. I think he was a fantastic Batman. Um, I, I don't mind uh, Henry Cavill's Superman either. I think he pulls off a decent Superman. But Zack Snyder is not a great director. He's okay, mm. but he's not great. I, I think they got the characters nailed. And I think what was cool is for the first time, they actually went to the coolest Batman comic ever. And I mean, there are things that were straight out of that comic. Uh, it was called The Dark Knight. It was done by Henry, uh, no, uh, Frank Miller. And uh, they they just ripped off that story and put it into, including his bat symbol, everything. The uh, kryptonite gas canisters and the, spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually thought it was okay. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, and boy, are your dogs barking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up, dog! I, it's I my turn. I know, right? I, I, I'm surprised you didn't say, Pete, shut your dogs up. <laughs> I I really enjoyed the movie myself. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I liked, you know, there's a lot of people, I guess, who said it was not going to be good. But see, I, I, all the critics and stuff. Yeah. I never care what the critics say. I only care what the people say. So when I'm looking at, like, I, I use an app on my phone to, you know, find out where the movies are playing and all that stuff. And it, it might be like Rotten Tomatoes has 30% for Batman versus Superman. I don't care about that. But then it says the public, you know, 78% of them liked it. That's good for me. Like, anything above a 62, I'll go see. Because I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't have a problem with uh, the Joker that other people had. I thought the transition between Batman hating Superman... And then, like, being his friend didn't make enough sense, and it was way too quick. Mm. It was like, literally, Superman says one thing, and, like, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm your friend. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, yeah, I yeah. wasn't buying. Yeah, that that part, I, I had the same feeling with that. Um, I liked the fact that Batman was a jerk, because Batman is a jerk. You know, he doesn't like other superheroes. The whole Justice League, he does reluctantly as a necessary evil. He does not like working... With other superheroes. Okay, you know when they talked about the other metahumans? Yeah. Who was the one that they were, like, growing? Oh, he's uh, he's a guy called Cyborg. Okay. So he's uh, he's kind of like the, the African-American superhero, uh, part robot, part machine, and uh, he's kind of like a Terminator. Because I, I understood who all the rest of them were. Yeah. You know, the Flash, Wonder Woman, um, Aquaman. Which I thought was funny. I'm like Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a lame looking Aquaman. You, you kind of got to admit, he's a stupid looking. I think they're going for an Arab uh, I, hero. The thing is, Aquaman's supposed to be wearing an orange shirt. That's all he I is. know. No, he is. He, he always has. Yeah. Well, no, I no, mean, in the he, movie, he was no, like. No, no, no. I'm saying, I think they made it gold, but like 
Aquaman should be wearing an orange shirt. You're right. Orange shirt and green, green tights. Ba- green tights and blonde hair. And Come blonde on. Hair. Get it right, man. That's that's Aquaman. So Yeah. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. I had no no qualms with it. I don't I don't understand why all the haters, all the critics are like, I hate this movie. Yeah, I I actually okay, now I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say what everybody disagrees with me on. I'm not the hugest fan of the Christian Bale Batman. I, I he was okay and I thought he was good, but I still felt this was more Was Michael Keaton your Batman? No, none of them. None of them have been yet. The the best George Clooney was he your Batman? <laughs> oh, Val yeah. Kilmer was you know he your I'm Batman? all about those Schumacher movies, man. Um, no, you know Batman. They never nailed him. I didn't feel until until this one. Um, the fact he was mean, he was brutal. Um, Batman will like take a guy up, you know, twenty thirty feet, like like they did. They stole this again from Frank Miller, where he drops people on the street so their bones break. He'll do everything short of killing you. Uh, in order to stop you or whatever, you know? Interesting. And and I like that Batman. I like the Batman where he's always kind of just about to go over a line and he brings himself back because that's the only thing that separates him from the bad guys. You know, he, he, he feels he has to be ruthless to win this war. But he he puts that line in the sand about he won't kill simply because – it's the only way he can keep himself from going completely over the edge. And that's a cool dynamic for a hero you or know, an anti-hero. And, and, and that's pretty cool. But now on to other serious subjects. I got to tell you about <laughs> – I don't know. My, you lost me halfway through that. No, now yeah, my mind's yeah, racing on to I know. another subject. So but, gotta, but Wonder Woman was, was probably the coolest Wonder Woman I ever seen. I wanted her to say so bad, you know, like, how did you get here so quick? Oh, I got a plane. Like, I was hoping that she said something like that. That would have been awesome. You know? But her lasso, I was like, oh, man, I totally remember the lasso. Yeah, the lasso was awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, I got to tell you about Easter, about our, our Sunday. Easter's? Easter. Okay. Easter. I just have that line, you know, from uh, Nacho Libre. I have had the diarrhea since Easter's. I uh, Yeah, you <laughs> church planners love that movie. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. So... Um, this last Sunday, okay, I wasn't at Refuge Long Beach because Jamie and I have started going to another church plant in uh, Los Alamitos, which they're actually a branch of another church. And Are they the branch? That's why they're called the branch. No way. So the main church is called the Vine? I have no idea what oh. the main church is called. I don't. never been to the main church. Because you know how that that conversation is going to go with the sinning pastor. Remember, Dustin, I am the vine; you are the branches. You can do nothing <laughs> apart from us. Okay, that's that's how that conversation goes every time. And Justin, I call him Dustin. He uh, he's walking away every time, going, "Man, this this conversation sucks." Tell him why you call him Dustin in case he hasn't listened in a while. I can't remember. I can't. I have. You stole my pee. <laughs> you stole my pee. <laughs> <laughs> so what was interesting to me, because we've gone to Refuge Long Beach for so many years now, Easter at Refuge Long Beach was never like you had a ton of new people. <laughs> like like every week at Refuge Long Beach, you had new people. And it's usually uh, the down and outers. And, you know, I mean, that, that's where we were church plan, right? Yeah. So it was really like it totally took me back because this is a it's a church plant. 
Um, they don't have a lot of people who go to it yet, and it's packed, right? Because everyone goes to Easter service. And I'm literally looking at everyone going, so, okay, so this is what it's like at, you know, uh, a, a, a suburban church plant, right? You know, where everyone shows up. I found it really interesting, man. I just, it was like the whole dynamic. I, I totally forgotten about it, what it was like, you know, how many people come. The uh, the pastor, Justin, or Dustin, depending on, on who's who's addressing him. <laughs> I thought he did a great sermon because he, he really went into... Uh, apologetics mm. on the resurrection. And um, he was busting out uh, Jay Warner Wallace, who we've had on the podcast, um, and, and you know, really showing some of the historical facts outside of the Bible uh, that we know about the resurrection of Jesus and why we believe it. And so Jamie and I are sitting literally in the very back row because we got the kids. And it's, it's like a nightmare, right, when you got kids in a, a small church like this. And I'm like looking at these people who I can tell are there because it's Easter and not like because they're they're Christian, like they're Christian in society only. Right. You know, if someone were to ask them, uh, you know, what religion are you on oh, Christian? Because I was you know raised that way or whatever. And it was it was interesting to me just watching them take it in like they they almost didn't know what to do with the information that he was giving them. Because his his call to action was, um, gosh, I'm gonna totally screw it up, but it was ask for uh, ask for fitting proof, but be willing to give a fitting response or something like that. Hmm. He's like, you can ask, but you also need to respond. Like, if you're given fitting proof for why you should believe in the resurrection, then you need to respond to it. That's awesome. So it was really interesting watching the people because, like, this one guy, I just remember he was like. Leaned over, and you could almost tell like he was annoyed being there. Like almost like he's got this 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 truth hitting him. Yeah, and he doesn't want to hear it. It yeah. was it was really interesting That's to watch awesome. the dynamics of it. That's awesome, man. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this next week. You know, how wow. many people come back and yeah, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Did um, how does he? How did he handle the response? Did he? Give them an opportunity to respond publicly, or did he say, "Hey, you know, respond in your heart"? Or did he make it kind of like an ongoing thing? In no, the week, he did or? the uh, he did the usual. Hey, guys, you know, there's three things you can do with this. You mm-hmm. know, one, reject it. Two, you can ask more questions about it. Three, maybe you're sitting here going, "Look, I, I want this." And so he did the the That's sinner's awesome. prayer at the yeah. top, or you know, from the front and. Um, said, hey, this is what I want you guys to pray with me and then come talk to us afterwards. And, you know, they got people just like we had at Refuge where if you need prayer or whatever, you can go see them in the, the back of the auditorium and or, or usually right outside the auditorium and, and pray. So That's really good, man, because, you know, in the book of Acts and, uh, you know, chapter 19, Paul does this very thing. Well, Luke does. Luke puts... Uh, the response to Paul in Mars Hill, um, he, let's see if I can find it here. Um, uh, bear with me, bear with me. I may not know the exact, um, ah, shoot, I can't find it. But, uh, Paul, when he's at Mars Hill, hold on, hold on. He, um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. I think it's 20. Is it 20? Always suck. I was hoping you would talk more, Pete. I'm just saying. 
you're busting out the Bible, man. Oh, it's, it's 17, 17. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? Acts chapter 17. It's 17, 13, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I just wanted to sound like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Why, Pete, it is. Wouldn't that be awesome if it, it actually really was? Be. But, uh, you know, it actually says, let's see. Um, Paul dresses the Areopagus, and it says, okay, verse 32, which is almost 17 times to Pete, which <laughs> prophetically, if you mix that in, with the way that the moon is hanging in the sky right now, and you look at the Aramaic text, it's the same. Of course. So verse 32 was, Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We'll hear you again about this. And so uh, then it goes on in verse 33. It says, So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and believed. So there are three responses there, which are the exact three responses and uh, respect for Justin, whom I will now disrespect by calling him Dustin, uh, respect for him because that's exactly what he laid out. He laid out those three responses at Luke. And I always, when I see that, um, I like, I like kind of setting it up that way. So I really like the way he did that, where he, he basically laid out these three responses that we find in the scripture when Paul's preaching about the resurrection. Some mocked, you know, that's just rejecting it completely. Others said, we'll hear you again. That's asking more questions. And then lastly, it's, this wasn't his text, was it? Was this actually his text? You know, I honestly don't know that I was paying that much attention. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, he listened to this podcast sometimes. I'm just saying. You know, what's funny is we lost him for like two months. He goes, well, because the next one was uh, the Star Wars spoiler one. And he goes, and I hadn't seen it yet. So I just oh. put the podcast on hold. So at this rate, it's going to be like two or three months before he listens to this episode. Oh, you won't be going there anymore by then. I've already moved on. <laughs> they made you sit with your kids. <laughs> They do have family church. Uh, summer's what? coming. They better have some AC, baby. That's all I'm saying. Dude, they do. This is, this is a church that has AC. They got heat. <laughs> they got food. It's perfect. Wait, we got food, man. We have well, food. I got to tell you, the the food at Refuge Long Beach way better than the food at the branch. The food at the branch. God bless you if you're at the branch and you're one of the people bringing it. I just don't care about those little muffins, man. The best Egg McMuffins I ever had in my life, I've had at Refuge Long Beach when uh, first Savannah made them, then Kirkhoff's wife made them, and then there was that one time where you saved the day by going and getting them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know how you get them? You could tell they're sitting under a heat lamp. Pete walks into a McDonald's and goes, get me 35 Egg no, McMuffins. No, it was 60. Oh, God. And they go, well, we just we just shut it down to convert over to lunch. I'm like, I need 60. They're like, <laughs> Okay. And they turned it back on. And they were the hottest, most melt-in-your-mouth egg Mcmuffins. They were like, they came down from heaven. They well, had now, to... Now I know what I'm having for lunch today. You just oh, yeah, baby. All it. day breakfast. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. So church was good on Sunday. What about yours? It was good. I went to uh, my sending church. Went to... Uh, did you really? I did. I went to the... HB? Yeah. I went to the sunrise service. Uh, heard my sinning pastor, and that dude just blesses me, man. He's just—he's got a good heart, and uh, I think it did both of us a lot of good just to to catch up. Because sometimes both of us get busy, we get disconnected from each other. But um, 
he's like my dad. He's just a good dude. So I just went there. I surprised him and uh, we caught up for about 30 minutes and just chatted. And, you know, he took pictures with the girls and we, we goofed off and that was a good day, man. It was uh, Sunday was one of the best Easter's I think I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I got my two girls. My youngest girl is old enough now to know what it is. I had just the best week with my kids talking about Good Friday. My seven-year-old was trying to explain uh, how we can go to church to go see Jesus. And even though we don't see him, how he's there, uh, you know, spiritually, even though he's in heaven. He, it was awesome, dude. Like my my girls talking to each other because my, my three-year-old's just starting to get things like Easter baskets. And uh, and it's just precious. But the, the best story I have for Smack Talk was I'm in my office here and uh, I'm working on something. And my my oldest daughter comes in and goes, Daddy, Eden told me, shut up. And like, that's like a no, no go in the Jones house. Right. Um, so I, uh, I, I said, Eden, come here. And she's not even in my office. They're out playing. And she goes from, from outside. Sorry, daddy. I said, no, no, come here, come here. So she comes in, we sit down and I said, so baby, we never say shut up to sissy. Okay. And she goes, okay, sorry, daddy. And then she looks at her sister and goes, Shut up, please, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the, unfortunately, I have a, a story of what my son said this last week, and I don't even think I can repeat it. For for the church planners who've actually come over my house, they know that I have a nice hundred inch uh, movie projection TV. Uh, you know, that I watch movies on and regular TV. I mean, that's that's my TV. Pete, Pete does honor the promise that if you're here and you want to watch his TV, man, they watch a movie with I'm you. telling you, 3D movies will never be the same than when you see them on this TV. So um, all of a sudden, I can't even repeat it, but all, I'm watching some show while my son's like playing in the, the, we call it the movie room. He's playing in the movie room. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he stops, turns, looks at the TV, and is totally intent. It's like... Law and Order or something like that. Something that you would not, like, it's not a bad show. And all of a sudden, one of the characters says, you know, you be. <laughs> oh, no. You witch, only it wasn't witch, yeah, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, he turns to me and he just goes, be. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I go, that's a bad word. We don't say that. Be. <laughs> and then it was like, three, and finally, I'm like, no. We don't say that. That and then he finally like got. I'm uh, serious. Like, don't. don't how did say he pick that. that word up? Out of you know what I mean? Like he just knew. Like, He's just a little repeater, right? Yeah. He hears something, he wants to repeat it. So like <laughs> today, the reason why we're doing the podcast here from your office is because I'm on my way to San Diego for a convention down there, and um, so the last time I went uh, away for a few days, I went to Phoenix and I FaceTimed him on my iPhone, right? And so they're like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the lobby. So now anytime we drive by a hotel, he goes, is that the lobby? Is that the lobby? <laughs> and so I go, because he's four, for those of you who are wondering, he's four years old. And I go, um, this morning, I go, I, I got to leave. And he goes, where are you going? I go, I'm going to the lobby. <laughs> and he goes, you're going to Phoenix? <laughs> no way, dude. He's like a little brainiac. Dude, he remembers this stuff. I'm like, no, I'm going to San Diego. And then he goes, San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is great. Uh, but yeah, he's the he's the repeater. We should probably actually get into our topic. Yeah, because I was gonna make a joke about Hobby Lobby, but I'll I'll move on. What what did Hobby Lobby do? I, I was gonna make something up. 
It was stupid. I I left it. Why Hobby Lobby? I don't even understand the connection. I was, because it's the lobby, man. Oh, you just got to tell them. Like, oh, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have this picture of you like shopping for felt and pipe cleaners and scrapbook materials in the Hobby Lobby. Dude, I can tell you that I literally brought every <laughs> cigar I had in my house for this trip. I'm like, I am going for three days? Really? I am going to stink like cigar every day? I'm going, well, anyway, so, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and if you're with the Baptist, I don't mean uh, a real cigar. These are actually bubble, bubble gum. gum. <laughs> this is why I'm not a Baptist. Give me fire. I said that to uh, Kirk Overstreet on Facebook, and he goes, you're more of a Baptist than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So well, Okay, getting into our topic, uh, we should um, get into what we're going to talk about, which was, if you remember last week, we talked about putting your family before ministry as a way to avoid church planter burnout. And uh, we, we can't do uh, Great Scott, it's time for today's topic because uh, we don't have your soundboard. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. What's in the box? <laughs> John Doe has the upper hand. Yeah. Oh, California, do Ca- not come over Calif- here. Ca- California, stay away. John Doe has the upper hand. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so we, we want to talk about the fact that uh, last week we said the way to avoid church plan or burnout is to try harder and to do more. And uh, we didn't say that. What we really said was, um, you know, put your family first because that's the weakest leak of the chain. Well, oh, heck, you know, like uh, Flanders says, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, last week. But I want to do a part two of that. Um, I want to talk about some things we really didn't talk about. I hit on it at the very end, and I said your spirituality, looking after your spiritual life. Um, if you're not looking after your soul, um, then then you're doing ministry wrong, and you're basically running on empty. You're, you're, you're actually operating out of the negative. So, what you're doing is you're inviting all kinds of spiritual attack uh, while you're running around naked. So if you're trying to church plant without sitting at the feet of God, um, it, it would be like running into hostile territory uh, in, into some place where it's like, you know, uh, terrorist central, um, run around there with a giant American flag as a cape, run around naked like, hey, hey, everybody, I'm here to fight. And you're not going to last long like that. So the the first thing is, you know, you, you see it with David where David is, you know, he was a king. No one's going to be more busy than, than that dude. It's kind of like the president. Why anyone would want that job is beyond me. I mean, I watch these knuckleheads fighting each other for probably the worst job on the planet, to be honest. You might have a lot of power, but when you're the king, when you're the president, it sucks, man. And you never have enough time. You haven't never have your, you don't own yourself anymore. Have you ever seen The Departed with, I think uh, I have, yeah. With Leo uh, yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson. Yeah. He's talking to Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson's like, do you think you could basically lead the gang? And he goes, do I think I could do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could do it, but do I want to do it? No. And Jack Nicholson just goes, Heavy as the crown. 
That's totally what that reminded me of. Yeah, totally. Heavy as the crown. But it's true, right? So, I mean, like, there's David. He's got all this crap going on in his life. He's got all these pressures. He's got battles. He's got blood on his hands. He's got people that are dying. He's got, you know, the responsibility of the whole kingdom. And he just taught, he's got people attacking him, ripping him to shreds. He's got wives betraying him. Uh, he's betraying wife. I mean, the guy's life is not something that, that you want. And yet, you know, David, for everything that he went through, same with Moses, guy meets face to face with God in the tent of meeting every day. That's how Moses gets through it. David, um, you know, there's countless examples, but David in his psalm says, you know, put me in the secret place of the Most High. You are my refuge. God was the one that David could could come back to and get perspective. Like, hey, you know, maybe this stuff isn't as important as I think it is. Maybe I don't have to save the, save the world. Hey, God, rise up and, and fight fight for your cause, Lord. Um, it would ground him. It would reset him. When people are attacking him, um, it, he would go back into the presence of the Lord and it wouldn't matter anymore. And I mean, shoot, man, there's been times where uh I've been dissed or I've I, maybe I've imagined I've been dissed or uh uh someone's ripped me off or something and 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 it'll get me all upset and sometimes Pete will just be like hey man you know what that's that's you know hey what's this about what are we doing it's for the kingdom right and and you need that those that's we're going to get into that you know your friendships and and how that helps ground you I guess in a way we'll kind of talk about it now but but what what friends will do is refocus you back on the Lord. You know, a good friend will do that, but but you really need to be in his presence. You need to be putting that armor on. You need to, uh, like when my stress level's super high, I pray more. Like when my work is stacked up, I find that, that as the anxiety um, mounts to a certain level, I don't work well. And if I spend time before the Lord, I'm grounded. I can walk into a meeting. I can walk into whatever tasks I have, and I'm at peace. And I work better that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I got nothing. I'm with you. <laughs> so, so you know, the first thing is your walk with, with the Lord. Um, just don't leave off doing that. If you leave off doing that, you're, everything else, it's kind of like that that one bolt on your car that as it rattles loose, everything else, eventually, if you don't tighten that bolt, the rest of the car engine starts rattling loose. You know, eventually it's going to have a knock-on effect and the whole engine's going to come apart because that constant rattling, that's the piece that'll rattle everything else. If that piece is tight, everything else will stay tight. Your marriage will be better. You'll be able to look at your wife when you're getting stuff wrong and rather than launching into World War III because you're insecure and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be, you're trying to defend yourself and your anxieties, you're at peace. And you can look at your wife and say, I know I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And, uh, I, I've been spending time with the Lord. I know, you know, you're in the spirit, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, um, and that's helpful. So, um, so let, let's talk a little bit about friendships and why that helps. I think, I think I, I you know, part of, on that topic of friendships, <coughs> excuse me, guys, why don't you kind of explain one of the, the hard things for pastors? Cause you've mm, said before yeah. on the podcast and told me that it's, it's hard to sometimes have a genuine friendship as a pastor, um, why is that? Yeah, couple couple different reasons on that. Number one, um, it, when you're in the ministry, the people that get close to you a lot are 
actually, this isn't a bad thing. It's just a human thing. Um, often they are in love with what you represent. Um, they can uh, be impressed with your gifts, not really know much about you as a person. And I find that very lonely. I remember, uh, particularly when I was in Wales, um, guys would, my life could be falling apart. And guys would be like, hey, you know, come on over here and preach for me and do this for me. And um, and after a while, I, I started realizing, you know, people want my gifts. They don't really give a rip about me. And And that was kind of a uh, it was good that I, it didn't make me better. Didn't make me, I mean, I got, Hey, I have gifts, no problem. You know, you, you want to use them, but it's not the same as friendship. And friendship is someone who knows everything about you, sees past the persona of a preacher leader. And if you know me, you know, that, that I don't give that off. Like I, I'm very real. It's one of the reasons, again, why on this podcast, we're just human for a while. That's going to turn tons of people off. But you know what? It's how over the years I've learned to just function in ministry is to be real, to be who I really am so that there's no surprise. It's like, you know, when the mask finally drops, um, you know, people get really shocked and they will turn on you. So I've learned, let's just take the mask off from the beginning. I'm the real me. Um, I'm no one impressive. Uh, anything impressive that comes out of my ministry is purely the Holy Spirit. We have treasure in jars of clay. Um, again, when people attack me, I'd be like, really? You just figured that out now about me? I, I've been trying to be pretty transparent that I'm jacked up. But but the reality is that, yeah, I think often um, people that, that draw close to you, they, they admire um, their, their perception of a minister and they want to be close to you because of that. And when you let them down and, and, and show them you're human, it can, it can be devastating for, for them and the friendship. And so I've learned the hard way at times with people. I still get close to people, but, um, but I, I always keep that in the back of my mind. Or is this person, do they really like me? Because, I'm going to bust out that I watch The Walking Dead pretty soon here, and they might think I'm the devil, or I'm going to bust. I mean, times have changed a lot, but, you know, I'm going to say something eventually that they're going to go, oh, I don't think you ought to do that, you know, or I don't think you ought to say that, or I don't. And 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 so I've just learned, look, you know, if you're going to know me, if you're going to be my friend, you're going to find out pretty quickly, just like all the guys in the Bible, I'm human. The other thing is um, that can make it hard is that, Often people who get close to you want something from you, and that might be a ministry position, and there's a sense of feigned friendship. Um, but and and I know I sound really cynical. I'm not like I'm. I befriend everyone in my church. I have relationships. I don't. I'm not one of these that believes you can't have friendships with those in the church. Some of my closest friends uh, go to church with me, <clears throat> but. Uh, but the bottom line is that, yeah, sometimes people just want something from it. They want a ministry opportunity. And, and I, like I said, I don't see it as a bad thing. I've just learned over the years to just go, okay, that's a human thing, but I'm aware of it. And, and sometimes that just makes me lonely and I'll be lonely at certain times in my life. And I'll just have someone who can't like, like white Tyrone or the, or the church planner formerly known as white Tyrone. We can't really do much for, for white Tyrone. But that dude's a friend, man. I, I actually wasn't sure I liked him when I first met him. He's, well, the reason why you say that is because he's literally on the other side of the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so that dude will call me up. And if I don't talk to him in a week or two, 
I'll be kind of bummed because that dude will call up and say, hey, how can I pray for you? Pete and I were signing books today and uh, he calls up and it was just good to hear his voice. And and, and typical of Tyrone, he's like, hey, man, what can I pray for you guys for? And can, can you pray for this for me? And that's a friend, man, you know? And so that's kind of an escape. Some of some of what we're going to talk about are things that that just help you to get away. Like there are times where I'm dying and I need to talk to someone or I'm I'm confused or I just need a sounding board. And I can talk to Tyrone, knowing that Tyrone's not going to talk to anyone except for God on my behalf. He's a prophetic leader and uh, he'll bust out all kinds of prophecies from time to time. They're 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 right. They're they're almost one hundred percent spot on. He will <laughs> he'll say something like, "Hey, you're supposed to go do this thing in Riverside. I don't even know where that is, but I had to look it up. There's a Riverside in California. You're supposed to go there and help church planters." And I'm like, "Huh, that's weird." Well, what he said was, "You're supposed to plant a church here." And pretty soon, I realized what he was talking about was I was starting up. I was helping guys start a training hub. Uh, for church planners in Riverside. And I, I had made the, I told him, well, that one sounds like it's wrong, man. But, um, but that dude will call up, not want anything from me, just encourage me. And that's what prophetic leaders do for apostolic leaders. So having people around you, we mentioned a team last week that you do team ministry. That was one of the ways you keep from burning out, but having friends, just a guy you can talk to, even if it's 20 minutes on your way home, on your commute, where you just feel like somebody out there understands and cares about you. That's like the, the, how it says, you know, good news is, is like a, uh, um, you know, encouragement is like a, a good word from afar. You know, it's life to the bones. Um, because mentally, uh, burnout is a mental condition and friendship is one of those things. Helps people live longer, helps people, uh, be happier and, uh, it'll, it'll keep you from burnout. I find it interesting, you know, that you say some of those things because one of the thoughts that ran through my head a little bit earlier is somebody needs a hug. <laughs> but oh, love the train. <laughs> but um, it just made me think about you know people love going to the bar, like they have their bar, and they develop friendships there. And it's, you know, I kind of remember the Cheers, you know, theme songs. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> well, but it's true. Like, sometimes you just want to go where everyone knows you, where it's cool. You can just hang out. <laughs> it's 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 a non-pressure environment. And it's funny, man, because what you're saying reminds me of that. It's It's a human need to want to hang out with other people, to want to have this. And they just find this connection. It just happens to be at a bar, right? Um, not the same by the way, when you go to like the coffee house, when you go to the Starbucks, when you go there, notice how everybody's in their own little world there. They are not there to talk mm-hmm. to each other. They got their laptops out, their headphones are in, they're doing work, they're mm-hmm. doing whatever, but they are not there to meet other people. The bar is where you go to meet. And it really reminds me of uh, our hardcore church planning podcast where we interviewed Alex Early, one of the best interviews we've ever had and he literally church plant in a bar yeah like he was a bar back and everyone knew he was also a pastor and then uh you know the owner of the bar is like you know where do you want to meet and he's like i'm just gonna take this opportunity and tell her i want to meet right there in the bar for church (laughs) and she's like it smells like puke and there's alcohol everywhere and he's like yeah but everyone already goes there so they're comfortable with that and it just 
I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know why what you were saying reminded me yeah. of that. I think it's just that human need of the connection. And I just want to remind people that you can still like, you know, tap into that and, and reach people. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and, and even social media, you know, like Facebook, people are kind of people who maybe aren't, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying people who go to bars aren't on social media, but there's a lot of people looking for that same thing on Facebook. Um, and, you know, <laughs> kind of like looking for love in all the wrong places, right? To, uh, who is that? Was that Willie Nelson? And, uh, you know, they're, they're on, they're looking for connection. And they're not going to get it there. And that's what we're talking about is that connection. So, yes, you very much can, uh, you know, tap into that with with deep friendships. Um, Facebook is in, in some ways a little bit of a scam where, you know, it's called your friends. You feel like you have this circle of people and it can go so far, but it only goes so far. It's not the same as, you know, when you can hear someone's voice, when you can uh, be the Well, think about it like this, too. How many times have you seen someone post something negative about their life on Facebook? It doesn't happen very often. And when it does happen, (laughs) it's almost like a pity fest. And it doesn't seem sincere. It, It seems almost like very fake. Like, you know, I'm just... Like deliberately you just want crying. attention, I right? I want attention, yeah. yeah. And so you're right. It is very insincere. It is very fake on Facebook. Yeah. I, I like, you know, in my book, Church Zero, cha-ching, um, I mentioned uh, that whole thing about social media. And I, I, I have it, a, the heading is alone together. And, and, and that's, that's really what it is. And I think sometimes even in church, when you're in ministry, there can be seasons where you feel a sense of that alone together because maybe people are looking to you. They've come from a church where the pastor is seen as the savior and you're just like, I can't be your Jesus, man. And, and, and rather than just, just let me be a, a, a human person just like you. And I'll try to model, you know, for you, as Paul says, you know, be an example, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but really, you know, I just want to be a dude, you know, I'm one of you. I mean, when Jesus came, that's the beauty of it. He was one of us. He came as a human being. And, and, and obviously people don't fully understand the theology of the incarnation. I'm not claiming to, but I, I, I at least understand this bit. And I think many people in church don't. That Jesus came as a full-fledged human being, albeit he was unfallen, um, but yet the secret to Jesus living his life was he was fully dependent on God for everything. He fully relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. He did not speak except from his father, but he was a human. You know, he didn't uh, lay down his godhood by any sense, not to not to preach heresy, but he was a person and he got lonely and he wept when his friends died. He was very human. Let yourself be human and understand how God made you. He wired you for relationships and don't try to be a lone ranger and think you're going to make it and avoid burnout. And it's great to talk to the wife. That's good. But sometimes you just need a dude to either talk with or do a project with. The other night I had Jason over here and we watched uh, Mad Max Fury Road. He hadn't seen that. And uh, Jason, you should have come to my house because I've got it in 3D and you <laughs> oh, can watch it in 3D. I'm still going to come to your house and watch that in 3D. I'm sorry, but 
I saw it in the theater, and I don't I don't know that I saw it in 3D. That's definitely a movie you got to see in 3D. But I, I'm saying I watch it on my TV, which is not your TV, and it was good. With my surround sound, it was, man, I would watch that, that movie again and again. It was so good. That's funny. <laughs> And I know we see that a little bit differently, don't we? I've actually enjoyed it more now that I have it on DVD. Yeah, same, same here. I thought it was better than when it was in the theater at I, home. I was, I was not crazy about it in the theater. I know we totally just went off subject there. <laughs> so, and that leads into our third point, which is recreation. And you need also re- recreation. Um, you know, pastors over the years have found, you know, a lot of guys go golf and some, you know, I'm in California where a lot of pastors surf. In fact, they probably surf too much. It probably ought to be working a little bit more than being out on the ocean. But but the deal is you need something like that. There are certain activities in life where when you do them, they relax you. Pete talked about he's going to probably sit on a balcony, overlook the uh, ocean and smoke cigars this weekend. And, and here's the deal is everybody's got to recharge and God made us able to do things that are recreational. And, uh, for you, it might be playing a video game. Um, you need to do that sometimes. You got to kick out the jam. Sometimes you just have to do something stupid. When I was uh, first in ministry... I love the way you just said that. You have to do something stupid. <laughs> That's going to be a soundbite later, isn't it? <laughs> but, but you you know, what, what I'm saying is it doesn't need to be spiritual. It doesn't... You know, I got this weird theology. It's not weird. It's actually very puritanical. That is that if I'm in Christ and I'm in the Spirit, I'm glorifying God at all times. If I'm sleeping, I'm glorifying God because God made me to sleep. If I'm gardening... I'm glorifying God because God made me to garden. That was the first job of Adam and Eve. If I'm having sex, I know you can't talk about sex, even though the Bible does. I'm glorifying God while I'm having sex. I'm obeying the biblical mandate to reproduce, fill the earth, and populate it. Dang it. Be fruitful, multiply. What what if you had a vasectomy? (laughs) Is it still glorifying God? It falls into the topic of recreation, which is what we happen to be talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But everything that you were made to do. Now, obviously, everything can become idolatry. Don't use idolatry as escapism or escapism as idolatry. Here's the reality. Everything in its proper place, a life of balance, because recreation and balance is awesome. Work and balance is awesome. Your relationship with your family and balance is awesome. Even that can get out of balance. They can also become idols and gods to you. And so here's the reality. Um, Recreation is something that that it can recharge your batteries. When my wife and I were in Wales and we were rebuilding friendships and I was working hard in ministry and we didn't have kids and I probably worked a lot harder than I uh, do today, but my wife would be like, hey, let's go out into nature and explore this country. And it was an awesome country. Um, there was some rugged, wild, romantic landscapes that um, I was ignoring. And there's like, you know, you've seen pictures of like the cliffs off the coast of Ireland and we just go for these crazy walks and I would get out there where all you could see was nature and nature is as close to the fingerprint of God as you're going to get other than a human being. And, and, and so what, what was amazing to me is how it, it brought, it restored this sense of balance back to me. And I'm not a great nature lover, but I could feel the effects wash over me of getting back in nature and, and touching nature again. Um, 
that that was powerful. And I remember just saying to my wife, "Thank you for begging me to get out here because I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to get out. You know, I, I wanted to work more. I wanted to do this more. And uh, my wife would be like, "No, let's, you know, I'm always up for eating." But I get out there, and I would, it would just recharge my batteries. And maybe for you, it's painting. Maybe it's uh, working out. Maybe it's going and you know hitting a punching bag or swinging a golf club or playing guitar, putting your headphones on and jamming out the bass. Um, that's what my brother does when he travels. He takes his bass guitar, he puts headphones on, and he rocks out all night. And he's a he's a combat infantry soldier. That's that's what gives him peace. And you need to find that thing that sometimes is just you not having to focus on anything religious or responsible. It's rest. Just like your body needs rest, your mind needs rest too. I dig it, man. I do. So uh, after we're done here, you want to go grab a drink? (laughs) Trying to get me fired, Mitchell. I didn't sign a contract. You ain't going to make me sign a contract. You ain't going to make me do it. Hey. I meant to say this in Smack Talk. So uh, I I don't drink um, right now. And and here's the deal. I went to go get my annual physical yesterday, and I lost 10 pounds. All from not drinking? I don't know. From something. Maybe I have cancer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you want a cigar? <laughs> <laughs> well, I might need to make some lifestyle changes if I'm having cancer and I don't have long. <laughs> <laughs> now you start the hack. I love it. I started choking on my on my own laughter. So hey guys, um, I hope that helped you out because when I came away last week, I was like, you know what? We didn't we we did not touch on some other things I've just found very helpful. And you know what? I'm sure there's more. If I go away and think about it some more, I'll probably come up with uh, some more things that would help restore balance to the force. I dig it, guys, and uh, you know. Let me ask you this, Peyton, since you've got this church planting thing that you do as far as training other church planters and stuff, are any of those church planters ever in a situation where uh, they need to be able to take time? (laughs) (laughs) That was an awesome segue. I started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) They need to take ties perhaps online or, or via text. And, uh, and instead, they're using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? Not the church planners I train, Pete. They're much too smart for that. I think the best story is you were at uh, the church planning train station, and you started talking about something, and then someone in the audience starts going, M-O-G-I-V. <laughs> yeah, they started singing. <laughs> M-O-G-I-V, which we made up that jingle. They should pay us for that. Well, they do <laughs> They do pay us. Oh, okay. Well, it's all right then. We'll just consider it even. Well, basically, Peyton, what my point is, is that if you're a church planner and you've got a church and you need to accept money online, perhaps you should head on over to MOGIV.com. MOGIV. And if you are, just because Pete often plays Secret Santa, um, you might just you know want to let him know, hey, Pete, here's my website, and I'm signed up to MoGive. I'm because just saying. I don't give to churches that don't have MoGive. <laughs> it annoys me to no end that after like 100 episodes of telling you all about MoGive, you still don't sign up and you use PayPal. That's right, man. If you guys all signed up to PayPal, or excuse me, if you all signed up to MoGive, 
we could do another commercial. Come on. <laughs> you don't want to hear this forever. We're watching every single one of you. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, and Mo Give, guys, by the way, just to, to give an extra little plug, um, they are the bomb. They will even send you. They've started sending uh, weekly reports to you via email. Hey, here's the record of your giving. This is the activity of what happened this week. Boom, boom, boom. Um, I just got an email from them yesterday, which was them basically saying, these are the four top ways that churches uh, drive income through online giving. And it was it was helpful stuff, man. So um, anyways, they're monitoring that stuff all the time. They'll help you get on your feet and do what you got to do. So anyways, guys, thank you for listening to the Church Planner Podcast. Uh, this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music